Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Ephraim feedeth on wind and followeth after the east wind. He daily increaseth lies and desolation, and they do make a covenant with the Assyrians, and oil is carried into Egypt. Hosea chapter 12 verse 1. In this chapter, God gives Ephraim a dire warning. They put their trust in merchants, in allegiances with Assyria, and in the oil of Egypt. In other words, false power, false anointing, false provision, false security, and a false covering from the false gods of them. Yet was the true God of unlimited power and resources there all the while waiting for them to seek him, to call upon him, to trust in him for deliverance in him and in him only. No mixture, because that when there is a mixture, these other things will receive the credit for his omnipotent acts of deliverance. How much more mighty has he already proven himself to be than Egypt and the Assyrian and all of the merchants of the world system? You see, this is why I believe God includes it in the story of David and Goliath that David refused Saul's armor. God himself had trained David in the wilderness, watching over his father's sheep. He sat there and guarded the flock diligently, such a small thing that his brothers of higher degree and stature might have looked down upon. They wouldn't do it. They were in the army. They were mighty men. They were going to do great things for the kingdom. But little David, he was faithful in the position that he was given. He sat and tended to his father's sheep, and in it, God himself trained him personally. When the lion and the bear came to take the flock away, that little boy got up and ran towards the danger He took the enemy out and snatched the lamb out of the enemy's mouth. And I believe in this did God see the heart of Jesus. And he said that David, though he was speaking of a child in the moment, said, is a man after my own heart. Because Jesus himself was the good shepherd that was willing to go towards the danger in order to save the lambs that were being devoured. How powerful the allegories of his life. God had prepared him for the fight. Yet when the day arose, he came and he was willing to stand against this giant that was blaspheming the name of the Lord and defiling the land. David stood and said, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? If no one else will face him, I will because I believe in the power of my God and King. He has taught me personally. I know he can do anything. So Saul tells him, I'll give you my armor. You see, at this time, the people didn't have swords and armor. They couldn't afford it. The Canaanite and the Philistines and the enemies, 
They were the ones who had the metals and the blacksmiths. The Israelites had form implements. In fact, the king and maybe his sons were probably the only ones who actually had armor. So maybe it was out of the goodness of Saul's heart that he offered it to David as some form of protection. But in reality, the enemy had a plan in it. You see, the enemy will always offer you what seems to make sense in the moment. But he's working to steal God's glory and break people's faith in God's omnipotence. Because you see, there was no TV or social media or any way for people to even get a close look at what was happening on this battlefield. The people standing afar off, seeing nothing but Saul's armor, walking out on that battlefield would have never known the depths of what God did that day. Saul would have gotten the glory and not God's majesty. They would have thought it was him. But God chose the weak things of the world to confound the wise. He chose a little shepherd boy. Because when that little boy, estimated to be about 12 years old, walked out on that field and professed the name of the Lord God of Israel... And cast that rock that struck the giant down and took the land out of the hand of the enemy. All knew that only God, the true king, could do such a thing. But I love David's response to Saul when the armor was offered. He said, that armor has not been proven to me. You see, in the humility of the simple things that he had been willing to do for God and for others to sit and be taught personally by the king, God had proven his ability. He knew that God could do this impossible thing. But that armor, it had not been proven. In fact, in reality, if it had the power to do what needed to be done, then Saul himself would have already won the fight. It would have already been accomplished. So in actuality, it had been proven to be useless, just like Egypt. You see, in this passage, Israel should have remembered that Egypt had already been defeated. That if the merchants could save them, then they would not be in this situation in the first place. My friend, if incorporating the world system into the church could bring revival, we'd have it already. If money and glitz and glam and personality and performance and protest and politics could change a nation, then we wouldn't be in this situation because that armor's already been tried and proven useless. So now, Lord, raise up the humble Davids who will walk out without Saul's armor so that the world can see the majesty of the true king that they are professing. No mixture. We want nothing else to get the glory but the one who is the true deliverer. Because you see what Hosea was saying in our opening passage, in the midst of this warning that God had given to Ephraim, was the same thing he had said to Israel time and time again, and the same thing he is saying to the church of Jesus Christ to this day, because they keep putting their faith in everything but him. He will not move. When there is mixture, because he will not endorse it. He won't endorse Saul's armor. He won't endorse Assyria. He won't endorse the merchants. He won't endorse Egypt. In fact, he says, come out from among them and be ye separate. 
So in our opening passage, when Ephraim and Israel did this, yet again was he forced to step back and remove his blessings until they relearned the lesson that true blessings don't come from men, but from him. Sadly enough to learn this, God must all too often allow all the things that men put their faith in to fail them. Over and over does he have to take them back to dwelling in tents in the wilderness, just like when he took them out of Egypt, that old world system, the last time, in order to teach them to depend on him again, like a bride does to her husband. A little further down in Hosea chapter 12, verse 6, we continue to read, Therefore, turn thou to thy God, keep mercy and judgment, and wait on thy God continually. He, speaking of these other lovers, all that which they have trusted in, he says, he is a merchant. The balances of deceit are in his hand. He loveth to oppress. And Ephraim said, in response to it, Yet am I become rich. I have found me out substance in all of my labors. They shall find no iniquity in me that are sin. Because he says this, I that am the Lord thy God from the land of Egypt will yet make thee to dwell in tabernacles or tents as in the days of the solemn feast. My friend, God does not delight in chastisement or judgment, but in his great mercy, he is willing to strip. Because in the stripping of the false comes the equipping of the real. God told Ephraim and Israel in this that her other lovers, that which she put her trust in, was a merchant. Interestingly enough, the word merchant in Hebrew is the same word. For a seafaring trader, a trafficker, and Canaan, or a Canaanite. The Canaanite were historically the enemies of God. In fact, Goliath himself was a Canaanite living amongst the Philistines. God condemned the practices of these people and their gods, chief among them being Baal himself and their influence. My friends, you cannot serve both God and mammon, which is money or an economic system. This is what the Canaanite did, and it was wicked. Because at its root, the religion of money is a religion of serving self, which is your own will and pleasure. It's obeying self and trusting in self or the gods of self, which are the gods of the merchants, the Canaanites, Baal. My friend, you are not meant to serve mammon. God, the true God, he is able to provide. He can rain down manna from heaven if need be. He is able to guide. He can pour out revelation from the very throne room of grace. God is able to save, for salvation is his very name. The question is, do you really believe it? Or do you trust more in the Assyrian, the merchant, the current world system, in economies, politicians, 
personalities, the gods of the Canaanite or the oil of Egypt. My friend, we need to look at this in our home's life, churches and pulpits, because God cursed Ephraim and Judah for doing this all while pleading with them to put their trust fully in him and seek him continually until they saw a real victory. Oh, some may trust in horses and some may trust in chariots, but I will trust in the name of the Lord because he is the only true source of strength, hope, salvation, deliverance, peace, security, and prosperity. He is the only one who brings real and lasting victory. All else will fail us. More than that, it will damn and condemn us on the day of judgment. All else will only serve to promise greatness, but in actuality only deliver chains and darkness. Don't trust in Assyria. Don't trust Egypt. Don't trust the works of man's hands, their plans or your own ambitions. Don't trust the merchants. Trust in Jesus. Psalms chapter 20 verse 5 says this, We will rejoice in thy salvation, and in the name of our God we will set up our banners. The Lord fulfill all thy petitions. Now know that I, the Lord, saveth his anointed. He will hear him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord, our God. O Lord, let us not look to plots and plans and programs and finances Let us not build kingdoms of flesh. Let us not mimic the temples of Egypt. Let us be like David, who was willing to sit in a wilderness until you equipped him with true greatness. The power of your Holy Spirit, not a counterfeit, not a performance, not Saul's armor, but the armor of God, that we might be able to truly stand against all the wiles of the enemy and give you glory doing it. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.